Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I know we're going to go over this again and again. And if there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. Six seventy, the score. We are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And the us two that I was mentioning is, of course, Mark Grody. What's up, Gabe? And myself, Gabe Ramirez. I can't say it enough. I get really excited when I get to share the the, the, the show with you. You know. Thank you, and <laughs> I've I've enjoyed our time. This is the third this, time. This microphone's now? In, this microphone's in yeah, my way. From seeing that down there, there we go. You know what it is? It's because. Yeah. I mean, I already love the Bears as much as it is, and I love you already. So then I get to merge those two things. Oh, man. There's going to be a lot of love. So we got two hours of Bears talk? My wife's jealous of this two-hour segment. <laughs> oh, yeah? She's, she's like, you're too happy about this show tonight. And I'm like, I get to, <laughs> I get to talk Bears with Grody. This is going to be phenomenal. Oh, so yeah, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about yeah. with this squad. I mean, the best thing is this. I mean, you and the car understand that, you know, we got jobs. We got stuff to do. Mark Grody's job is to actually watch the Bears. So we get to ask him all these great questions. So I, I want to make sure that the text line is open so that that way I can be your voice while you're in the car. 312-644-6767. Shoot those questions off because then that, that way I can ask you, Mark. Yeah, or if you want to call, 312-644-6767. I love it. I love when we unblock yeah. the lines. Yeah, yeah unblock them, man. What, if you got questions about the Bears, comments on the Bears, something that I say that you, you don't like or you love, yeah. let's do it all, man. we got two hours I, I, talk Bears. I'm super excited about it. Now, I want to talk about, before we get into these cuts of Ryan Poles, I want to talk to you and ask you the question specifically about his demeanor over the last week. He's been dealing with, I can't curse, but he's been dealing with so much stuff since he stepped foot into Hallis Hall. And you've seen a jovial polls from the beginning. You've seen a frustrated polls in the middle when having to answer hard, hard-nosed questions. What, is he, what has he been like in the last week? And I'm not talking about these cuts. I'm talking about, mm. you know me, I like nonverbals. I like seeing the guy, the man himself. What have you been seeing personally from him? You know, the, what we see of Ryan Poles is typically him on the – practice field and and typically it, Ian Cunningham's assistant is with him and I really haven't seen his demeanor change much he he doesn't really get involved when he is out there but he's you know he's kind of 
Got his arms folded, walking around to the different position groups. So he's not talking to players? Not really. Occasionally. Okay. Occasionally, but that's typically you want to stay out if you're the GM. Let the coaches coach. Is he, is he, is he talking to, to Eberflus? Occasionally. Occasionally, but for the most part, he's on the sideline. Like I said, just evaluating, probably taking his own mental notes <laughs> yeah. and probably literally jotting guy, things that, down. That guy's going to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> that guy won't be. I was right about that guy. He's like, Yes, yeah, I'm a lot when there was still 90 men on the roster those last two days. Yeah. He's like, oh, Jesus, i got to get this. That's right, because he is new. So he's probably thinking, oh, dear, I've got 90 men. I've got to get this down to 53. Don't, so, get too, don't be too friendly with them. Yeah, time to – I've always wondered about that, too, like the relationships that you have. Because Ryan Poles is the one who was brought in yeah. or signed off on every single one of those of players. And then it comes down to it. And you know he's meticulous with it. Oh, yeah. You know he is. He knows those guys in and out, each and every one of those guys. Yes, and then eventually he's he's got to cut them. The good part for him is that those guys understand. That. Yeah, and most of the guy, most of the guys that are cut, probably had some inclination that they may not make it, and they'll be on to another team. But yeah, it's been a weird season for I'll just call it that a weird preseason. The OTAs, everything for Ryan Poles because he was hit with some stuff. That I don't know he that he expected, and specifically with the Ryan Poles and the Ryan Poles, the the Roquan Smith and the way Roquan Smith voiced his opinion yeah. and took some some hefty shots at Ryan Poles in the front office and the way they were doing business and the Tevin Jenkins stuff. He's had to deal with that, so I think for the most part. He's done a pretty good job of it, but we are just getting started. <laughs> We're at the beginning of oh, this whole thing. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Does he seem like the type? Because, I mean, granted, he's had to deal with the 90 players and trimming the roster down to 53. Does he seem like the type that could be influenced by, like, a brown noser? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you had, like, a, a cornerback that was there and he's like, yo, Ryan, what's up? What's up, baby? Like, does he seem like he's a guy that could be influenced that way? Here's why I'll say no, <laughs> is because it has been very difficult to get Ryan Poles, or even Matt Eberflus for that matter, to really sing the praises of mm. individual players. I mean, and you'll hear later when we play, like, the progress report for Justin Fields, that even from the beginning, it has been very difficult. And then I'll, I'll throw Luke Getzey in there. It seems to be part of their process yeah. that they're not going to give these guys, e even talking about Roquan Smith, he, he, he calls Roquan Smith a good player. Doesn't yeah. call him doesn't a great, great player. Doesn't yeah. say great. Doesn't say superstar. <laughs> so he is, I think that Ryan Poles understands that he's probably going to have relationships with players and the players are going to want to influence mm -hmm. him. I don't think he's influenced by that. I, love I that. think I think he's this guy's got a I mean if he was influenced by stuff, he probably would have brought in some veteran wide receivers hmm. by now or other guys that he was even more comfortable with. And he knows he's gonna have to break some hearts along the way. I will say this the one thing about him that he and he said it again today, and I think he has he said it previously, is that he understands why you know the the player's perspective he is not that far removed you know we're talking young about guy. a 35 36 year old guy very young yes very young you know new at the gig so he said it again today about Roquan Smith and you could even go back to Robert Quinn and you know was Quinn a little disenchanted that they didn't offer him a raise after his 18 and a half sacks last season on a different regime's watch but i think he understands the the 
the player's perspective, why players, what players get angry about, what players don't think is like he gets all that, but at the same time, he's not afraid to again break some hearts. I get it. Yeah, he's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy. The score. It's kind of like me house hunting in this planes. When I see a nice one, I'm like, this is all right. This is cool. I don't love it, but, yeah. but deep down inside, I really love it. That's what I feel like Ryan Poles is yeah, dealing with. So I'm, I'm excited to hear this audio, though, because you know it's one thing for us to speculate and say what we feel about the guy. It's another thing to actually hear the words coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I'm trying to decide where I want to start. I think that I want to play a cut that we have not played here today yet. And yeah. that is... Exclusives. Yeah, this is an exclusive here. It's a question asked by my colleague Mark Potash of the the Chicago Sun-Times, and it is a question about talent. And it's something that we've – I know you've talked about it, Gabe. We've all talked about it. Is there enough talent on this roster to help out Justin Fields? I mean, help the guy out. He's got Darnell Mooney, and David Montgomery feels like nothing else. So Mark Potash asked a very good question. One of the criticisms with this roster that still stands today is that in a critical year for your quarterback's development, you really haven't given him a big enough support to make him successful. So, like, if it doesn't work out, the the criticism will be, well, you set him up to fail. Do you do you understand that? Do you get that? And why do you think that's wrong? What's your response to it? Um, I we're listen. I mean, when we're building this thing, like that's always that was the goal coming in is like try to surround him with the best talent that we can. But at the same time, I've never gotten in the way from the fact that we have to build the entire roster. And I'm not going to overreach and do things crazy to get a name or anything like that. So our approach has been consistent from the draft all the way through. We're going to continue to add talent all around the best that we can. It may not be the name or a name that everyone wants to hear, but we're going to develop the players that we have here. We're going to continue to, to fight to make that the best unit we can. I Mooney's balling right now. I'm excited about him. That's going to help Justin. I'm excited about Cole. I think our protections and our O-line's gotten better. You know, some of the guys have been a little dinged up, right? So it's hard to see everything. But when they get back, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Velas coming in and making plays and being a, a factor that can do different things and bring speed. So I understand that. I just to do it all right away, like, I don't that's hard to do with some of the resources that you have, right? So over time, we're going to continue to do that. That's always in our head is to put our quarterback in the best situation. You said the protections are better. How confident are you that they'll be good enough? Yeah, we're going to see when the lights come on. Um, I think through preseason, they have gotten better. That's a preseason. We're going to see when the lights come on, and we'll continue to adjust, and we'll do everything we can to, to make that unit better and everything around him better. It's the NFL, though. I mean, I understand that. The pool of talent is big, and, and if you're looking at the bell curve, maybe the Bears are on the tail end of that as opposed to having a majority of guys in that bulk space. But don't you think that at this level, guys should be good enough to do their jobs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, these it's not like these are not NFL-caliber players. Are they name guys? I'm talking about beyond Darnell Mooney in terms of let's right. just talk about wide receivers. You know, Byron Pringle right. is not a household name. Equinemius Pettis, not, not a household, household name. name. Yeah. St. Brown, not a household name. But these are NFL level, you know, rank and file, if you'd like, wide receivers. So to your point, and, and here's something interesting. Ryan Poles was asked today too, and I don't have this cut ready. We can get it later on if we want. But Poles was asked about 
how are you going to measure success this year specifically mm. with you know and when you think let's let's narrow it down to offense because we know that they are playing from behind a little bit in terms of dynamic talent on the offense it just doesn't exist it, it is what it is it does not exist on this bears team right now so he says he's going to measure success by resilience and solutions to <laughs> okay. issues. Okay. And and that's his way of saying because we all want to and we will. We will evaluate this team on the record daily. Absolutely. And but I I think Ryan Poles knows what this year is and he doesn't like I think he it was Poles who said that you know the the idea of a rebuild that's an uncomfortable word, that's a dirty word in sports, so he is not using that, but he knows this year is about evaluating, figuring it out, year one of the the process, as they've said and as every GM says, and hell yeah, they'd like a, a 10 win, 11 win season. But I, I don't think deep down that they think this is a 10 or 11 win team. They're realistic about it. So they're not talking about record. They're talking about, they're using words like resilience and solutions to problems and measuring success like that and individually. And is Justin Fields good? And I also think that if Justin Fields is good, that the lack of big-time talent on yeah. the Bears' offense will not be as much of a problem. And guess what? Justin Fields has to be good. Sure, and if you're, looking at, be good. If you're looking at top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL, I don't want to name names because I don't want to compare Justin Fields to those guys, but there are some talented quarterbacks out there that don't have the best receivers. But they make them. They make those guys absolutely. Good. And I'm not saying he's got to be superstar Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Who That's made, why I didn't say those names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. But those are the those are the guys who yeah. made made a. There's a list of wide receivers that they have made name names that we probably would yeah, not know that we would put true. in the, the same route as Dante Pettis and Equinemia St. Brown <laughs> if they were not under the thumb of those two guys. So I, I, it's okay to bring those guys up. I think that w- you have to see with, even with good quarterbacks. And if Justin Fields is not a superstar star that would stink but if he's at least good then he will make good quarterbacks make their receivers better they they do point blank period they do and i mean it does go the other way as well so i'm not going to ignore that that there are some very talented wide receivers that can make their quarterback look brilliant but if the bears have what everybody thinks they have and he does and, and obviously he's got the pedigree then you have to look at it as yeah our quarterback's supposed to make Equinemia St. Brown better. He's supposed to get a couple extra hundred yards out of Byron Pringle this year. So, I, you know, and justifiably so. Pressure is on Justin Fields. I love that. And I love the words that he used, resilience and solutions to problems. It's something that our boss even has on his door. We, we're in the uh, solution business oh. over here. Oh. And, and speaking of solutions... He's found one, Ryan Poles, in, in Tevin Jenkins for his his right guard position, right? Yeah, that's been there's been so much talk about Tevin Jenkins, and I've been trying to figure out the answer to the question I think that I asked at the very beginning of this with Tevin Jenkins. What was it about Tevin Jenkins' game that apparently you guys think he's better suited to play guard than tackle where he was originally and played in college? Yeah, probably look at that more of a holistic thing than anything. And it's like, how can we make the best five? And so we did a lot of shuffling around. Everyone was aware of that. And when we got to this point and he was in that guard, I thought some good things happened on the field during some of the games. I'm happy for him. And again, that's part of that change I talked about that's difficult. Guys got shuffled around and moved up front in the back. And we are trying to find our best five. And, you know, the way we got to that 
Cleveland game, we felt pretty good about it. I'm, I'm really happy for him and the progress that he's made. You know, he's settling in well, and I think he's going to help us there. Talked to Tevin uh, after making the team. He said he was still worried about being traded. Should he be? Should he be traded? Should he be worried about being traded? <laughs> I had a good conversation with him, and I told him how proud I was of him. Again, I think it's about building the best five, and I think we are we have a good five with him at guard. So it's good for us to have Tevin at guard right now. Grody, if they think highly of former first-round pick Leatherwood, then, then mm-hmm. why wouldn't they feel the same about former second-round pick well, Tevin Jenkins? they do now, Gabe. Right, they do point. feel good now, now that he's inside, and I still don't know why they don't like him as a tackle. There still is – I mean, there are many possibilities. There is a long list of multiple choice on what it is that they think, for now anyway, that Tevin Jenkins is better suited on the inside as opposed to the off. The but don't outside. you think? Don't you think it was just process of elimination, right? If if they felt that Braxton Jones is going to be their left tackle, then by process of elimination, then then, then you got to move Borum over because you're not going to just have him be a backup. And then if you're moving him over, then you're like, okay, well, where does Tevin Jenkins fit in? You have a why, a, but why couldn't Tevin Jenkins be the the right tackle? And I like Larry Borum. Yeah. God bless him for having that right tackle. But 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 I think that's why though. I think that's why because then, because he outplayed him. You think you think Larry Borum outplayed uh, Tevin Jenkins? I think I think I think he was. They wanted him to be the left tackle, the the coveted position on the offensive line, and then be, because they then moved in someone else, they're like, well, we don't want to leave, let, leave you as a backup, so let's let's put you at right tackle because you're the second best guy. Yeah, and then then our third best guy, or so be it, would be Tevin Jenkins. So I, don't, I think it's just a matter of of need in the moment yeah. when you're playing Tetris with the offensive line, uh, yeah, as opposed to you know anything else. Well, I think that even though they have said all along, and this goes back to OTAs, mm. that they're they're going to find the best five, and we saw right. different manifestations and different configurations of the offensive line. But all along, there was one thing. That remained in place, and that was Braxton Jones being the left tackle. They rarely deviated right. from that since the OTAs. So there, I think there was a little bit of projecting, and we're gonna, you know what, we're gonna put we're our gonna, guy. We're gonna put our however you want to phrase it. <laughs> we're gonna put Braxton Jones at left tackle, and I don't blame them. I mean, they they had to have, even though they have been vague with us, they had to have had an idea of the way they saw it when they sat down at the beginning of OTAs. And this is kind of the the rough draft. Clearly, was from draft day was Braxton Jones is going to be the left tackle. The Larry Borum thing to me is interesting because you could put Larry Borum in the same boat as Tevin Jenkins, coming from a different regime, got some run last year with with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and then this year they're pretty comfortable with him, but they're not comfortable with Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, and he played a ton of right tackle yeah. in college, and he played some left tackle last year and then in college, so it just I still – I still don't have an answer on what exactly the flaw is in his game that they think he's better suited to play on the inside of the house. And, and hey, if this works, so what? So what? If, if he's a terrific guard for the sake of the Bears, then that's fine. But do you feel better about the offensive line on September 1st mm-hmm. than you did, say, July 1st? Oh, damn. All right. Don't, 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 don't worry. That's I good. do. That's good I enough. do. 
Right. I feel better. Here's what. Here's the end. Yeah, right. I, I varying degrees good. of better. Like, <laughs> right. do I feel better? Yes. How much better? Eh. I yeah. feel better because there's a level of confidence surrounding the selection yeah. of that best five, where it's not like you chose the best five and everyone's still scratching their head. I haven't seen Nick Bosa's first rush of the game oh, yet. Damn. So, <laughs> okay. look, man, I, fair, I, fair. I I loved watching that the pre the third preseason game and seeing what Justin Fields did and seeing the offensive line get better and better throughout, but. God, is it so different once the real yeah. stuff starts? So yes, of course, undeni- for four quarters uh, 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 and not just one. Look, undeniably, they're in a better place now than they were right. li- when OTA started. There's no doubt about it, and and I'm starting to buy into Braxton okay. Jones. We'll hear about Braxton Jones right. a little bit later on, but uh, to say that this offensive line is good, I'm not ready to say that. No, 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 yeah. no one's saying that. Yeah. Uh, but but what is good is this audio that you have of Ryan Poles, and we're gonna have more of it on the other side, along with some insight on Roquan Smith. So all my Bears fans. Make sure you stick around. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Go Bears! It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. And if you are a Bears fan, don't go anywhere else. You got two guys that love this team. Well, are you in love with this team or are you just I mean, okay? You love them, but this particular team you're still weary about. I well, <laughs> I, I, the unfortunately, I don't have that natural fan in me like hmm. you do as much, just because I've 
been covering yeah, teams yeah. and in and out of locker rooms for a while. So I've unfortunately, I don't take pride in this, yeah. but I've really lost the fandom I get side it. of me. Like maybe once like you went, it, you went backstage and you saw the, the, the tricks and everything. So it doesn't, that's not the same. For it's you. not the same. It, it yeah. is, it is a job. So I don't, I can't say that I'm sitting there. I don't have pom poms. That's and, where we're and, the perfect pair, Mark. Absolutely, man. And yeah, no, that's, that's, I feel like that's who I'm talking You and the people that we're talking to right now that are listening to the score, they, they are Bears fans, and I've got Bears information and Bears entertainment. You yeah. know? And that's why we're taking your text text messages as well. Any questions you have for Grody, shoot them on through, 312-644-6767. Before we get to this, the rest of this Ryan Poles audio, somebody says uh, from 773, is it me or is it every old lineman the Bears draft, they never play them at their original position, i.e. James Daniels? Hmm. Well, and you could throw Cody Whitehair in there yeah. as well because he's been all over the offensive line, whether it was guard, and then they, they tried him at center, and that didn't work out. And I don't think Cody Whitehair ever played tackle, but there definitely was talk about that. I think Kyle Long – I'm just trying to think of examples yeah. of, from this texture, and they're just coming to my head now. Kyle Long was definitely like that when they tried him at left tackle, and it was okay. But really, you know, Kyle Long's problems really had to do with injuries. But, yeah, I guess that's that's a pretty good point. James Daniels, who was a center at Iowa and then a guard with the Bears, that was the one guy, by the way, James Daniels, that I didn't get, and I still don't think I get why they let him go for a relatively cheap price to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, That's it was odd. Dude. Yeah. You had him, and then you just let him slip through your fingertips. Right, because he's so young, and I think he's got, you know, I don't, I don't think he's all pro talent, but he's probably got one of those, you know, guy who could make a Pro Bowl or two, possibly. But Bears yeah. only want guys that make $2 million or less a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, and, and to that point, we were talking – about Braxton Jones before the break. And, you know, this is a guy who is, you could say that, you know, he's a fifth round pick who I, when he was drafted, all those guys, the the offensive linemen that were drafted by the Bears, I didn't s- expect that there would be any starters or big contributors. But here we are with Braxton Jones, who will start at left tackle for the Bears on September 11th, let's hear what the general manager of the Bears, Ryan Poles, is saying today about Braxton Jones. We thought he definitely had starter potential and he could develop. I've been blown away by how fast he has developed. I think that you know, there's a lot of credit for you know our coaches and Chris Morgan, and they've done an excellent job. And he continues to kind of check the boxes. You go from OTAs, hey, that guy looks pretty good. And then you go to, all right, but we got to go to training camp. We got to put pads on. Put pads on. Still does pretty good. All right, let's see when the lights come on and go to preseason. Is he going to do it then? Does it get, because the longer you do this, and you've all seen, you see these spikes, and then like, where did he go? You know, and he just continues to climb and get better and better and better. And then now that next phase is going, I mean, week one, he's going to see a big dog, you know? So, and, and I told him too, there's going to be ups and downs. And I think part of being a really good player is the short memory. Like, how can you overcome some of those bad plays? That's going to be the next step for him. And just seeing, you know, those top rushers in this league, it's no joke. A lot of guys struggle with them. But can you battle? Can you fight and, and have that short memory when things go bad? And do you have the toughness to stick in there? So I'm excited for him. And I'm excited for what he's become. He has not given that spot up. And he just keeps fighting and fighting and fighting. So I'm proud of that kid. I love it. Did you notice the accent in Ryan's voice? No. I, 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 I had to go look up where he was from. Cause I'm like, what is this? I, I I hear it. It's like it's it's throwing me off a little bit. 
He's from Canandaigua. <laughs> oh, that's a Canandaguan accent. It's like Upper New York, so you're you're influenced by a little bit of Drake, a little bit of a little bit of Canada, but a little bit of New York. So you got this like a a, but not really because oh, you're wow. New Yorkian. You gotta. I gotta tell you, I'm usually very good. Oh, really? At hearing accents and voice inflections and subtleties, you're like that's my thing. I like to do impersonation. And you didn't pick up on that. And I didn't pick up on that. That's a, I literally doing that clip. I was like, "Where the hell is this guy from, eh?" Oh man. So okay, next cut. When we play the next cut, okay, I'm gonna we'll take a little, little, What's the next cut? A little more closely. So that was on uh, Braxton Jones. How about um, Roquan? Roquan was the the first subject of questioning to Ryan Poles today, and here's what he had to say. Let's listen to the accent, too. You know, we're in a place now, and I think Roquan says he said it perfectly. We've shifted gears, and it's all ball now. So it really doesn't make sense to go back and go through all that. The one thing, he doesn't get enough credit for being able to change gears like that and going out and just playing football and doing it the right way. And I'm, pr- I'm proud of him for handling that way. And he's out there, and we're better because of that. So, you know, I don't. I really don't want to go back into the whole contract thing. Follow up. He, he did. He did use some pretty sharp language in in saying things were distasteful, and that you weren't negotiating in good faith. How do you address the the relationship part of this thing going forward, knowing that obviously you guys have to to, to do some repair in that regard? That's human nature. When you know things happen, and two sides don't agree on something, it's going to take a little time to do that. And I got a lot of faith that that's going to happen. And I'm excited for him. What gives you optimism or what is your cause to believe that you can work that out long term with him, that this is still a relationship that could be saved beyond this year? Well, first of all, he's a good player. That's never changed. And he's a good dude. So I have faith that he's going to have a good year and we'll you know, work on our relationship and all that. It's not even like a bad thing either. It's just we've all been there, right? You have disagreements and then you got to come back together and, and be teammates. So that's what I expect. Did you hear anything? You didn't hear it? I didn't. I'm not detecting Hour and a half it. from Niagara Falls. <laughs> just want to put that. And you know what it is? Studs, I know you say you didn't hear it. Do you watch Shorzy? Do I watch what? Shorzy on Hulu. Shorzy? Shorzy. No, I've it's never like, heard of this. Oh, you got to watch it. What is all this B96 stuff going on? No, right? no, no. no we're not. A shot every time you hear B96 <laughs> on the show. Um, no, no, no. This is, it's, a t- it's, a, it's a show on like Hulu, Netflix type of thing, but it's a guy that's from Canada and he's super hilarious okay check it out that's where i'm picking it up from that's interesting whatever i love you said you were the guy that did that but i but apparently i am you got the year man yeah now you know what to ask him next time yeah yeah, exactly if there's a moment of levity by the way um so so more so more about this offensive line for me and 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 ryan poles and what he's saying he just seems very confident in everything he is saying about this team on the offensive side of the ball defensive side of the ball seems like a guy who he just knows the direction that he's headed in yeah and he understands that it might not be great. And there hasn't been a point where he has laid out heavy expectations on this team that he he has stayed away from talking about, you know, winning this year, getting to the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that it's it's pretty realistic to look at this roster and say this this ain't it, that it might be a decent year. I mean, I somehow managed to pick the Bears to win eight games this year, which is probably higher than most people have at I'm this not, point. I'm all about the over right now, six and oh, a half. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, do you, so what specifically? What's your number? I want to just go just right at seven. Because I, I, okay. I, I feel like it's, gonna, it's hard to convince me that they're, that they're going to be worse than last year. It's, it's hard for someone to make an argument to, for that number to be five. And I was like, okay, you think they're going to win less 
than they did last year. So for me, I feel like you got a little bit better defense. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit better Justin Fields. And you got an easier schedule. So to me, that equates to seven victories. Yeah, and I think that this team, it seems like they are buying in to what Matt Eberflus is yeah. doing, like going around. Like it, I talked to uh, with Eddie Jackson, with my colleague Chris Emma, who will have something written on Eddie Jackson. And, and we'll get to hear this later, but you'll hear it in his voice. There is this, and I know we've heard from Eddie Jackson a couple times, but this was, again, this was around his locker, so it was a little bit more intimate. Mm-hmm. And there's a buy-in coming from him that is genuine. And I only use him as an example because he is a veteran and he could easily just kind of shake his head and want to stay away and not come out and speak to the media and all that kind of stuff. But he seems like he's into it, and that's what this team is going to need. Like, of all the years of wanting to be overcoached, they they probably need to be coached overcoached this year. And if they're buying in, that could also buy you a couple of wins. You can win games by being the team that is more interested in hustling and all like you could squeeze something yeah. out of that. So there's no that's no way to get to the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. But a team like this with you know that lacks the big time talent, if they are buying into what Matt Eberflus is doing and they like being held accountable, that's worth something. Yeah. I've said it a million times and the reason why I got to seven, Mark, is because I said they're gonna win some games that they shouldn't. Against some good teams. They're gonna they're going to win a few games and surprise me. But they're also going to lose some games oh, yeah. that they shouldn't as well. It's the games that they're winning in the fourth quarter, games against inferior teams. So I just think it's going to balance itself out and end up in the seven seven type of range. Unless Uh-oh. Justin Fields is a superstar. Hey. Unless what we saw in the first half was good. of the final preseason game is, you know, it's so funny about that, is we all know, all of us sitting here right now, you, Gabe, Adam Stadzinski, and me, we all know that was preseason and we have to keep it relative to that and we're going to give the disclaimers but there was some there's got to be a part of everybody with it when they saw that three really good touchdown passes they're saying hmm maybe there was a level of confidence there for me it was there was a level of ownership that I felt from Justin Fields watching that first half someone that had complete command of the offense someone who was aware of their next step before. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I, when I was watching, I was like, I've seen quarterbacks do that before. Guys that just felt comfortable in the pocket and, and running the offense. I've seen that before. It's been a while since I've seen it from the Chicago Bears. Yeah. But I saw it with Justin Fields. Calling it the next step is a great way to characterize it because we've been throwing this around. I was joking around with Parkins and Spiegel earlier, the whole turning point thing. The question had been asked by Mark Potash to Justin Fields about after that game, is this a turning point? And Justin Fields was like, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> sure, I guess, yeah, yeah, it's a turning point, sure. And then Luke Getzi was like, turning point? What are you guys, crazy? And then I asked Polls today, and he kind of poo-pooed the idea of it being a turning point too. <laughs> so it's the next step. Next step. I think everybody needed to see what we saw out of Justin Fields. Everybody needed to see that. It's like when the White Sox win a game, Gabe. Oh, don't, do, don't do that. Well, I'm just going to – I think it's a great analogy. It's a relief, right? It's a relief when the White Sox win a game these days. That's the way it feels because yeah. they have so many bad losses. Sox are always needing a win. They're all they are in a constant need this of stretch winning. Of games. <laughs> they need to win. And for Justin Fields, 
it was a bit of a relief to see what we all think Justin Fields can be, and it's preseason, understandably. But, hey, that's the stuff right there. Long touchdown passes, making big plays, using his feet, getting knocked in the head at one point in time, finally got a flag. Finally. But But it, there is a relief, and I think everybody needs Smart fans aren't going to run with that, but you're kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Felt yeah. good. Yeah. It felt real that's, good. That, that's what, like, if you're a Bears fan, like, listening right now, driving around, like, yeah, that that's what I've been trying to tell people. Yeah. Like, there, that's that's in <laughs> yes. there. That's and, it. And some of it went away last year. Like, I became skeptical of Justin Fields after last year. And I'm, I'm sure, and we're going to learn more, and we've already had enough examples of – um, attribution to the to the previous coaching staff on some of the potential damage that they did to Justin Fields with the way he was used and the the nine sack game in Cleveland, which probably informed a lot of Justin Fields' year. But he he left room with his play last year for a little bit of skepticism, yeah. and I think in that in that one game in that one game. It was a relief and good to see, yeah, that's the stuff we're talking about. My, my friend Pito, the one that I texted you about about Chris Finke. <laughs> yeah, so I thought about you when he got waved. <laughs> he, um, he, he texted me, and we were talking about Fields, and he's like, your tune is changing on Justin Fields, Gabe. And I said, no, 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 no. Last year, I'm, I'm a realist, and I was judging him in the present. And last year, he had some bad moments. He did. And it, it was it's okay, okay to, to say, say that. And it was okay for me to say did that. And we I just said, say that at the same time. We did. Yeah. Twinsies. Love it. And this 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 preseason, you're allowed to say he looked better. <laughs> I wouldn't say he looked great. I didn't say he's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback, right. but he definitely looked better. And that's all we can ask for as Bears fans. Now we're going to have a little bit of audio from Justin Fields on the other side. Of course, Dan Weeder and David Haw they have their uh, brand new podcast, Take the North. And, you know, the preseason is behind us, and we're all getting ready for week one against the Niners. And they had an opportunity to talk to Justin Fields. So uh, make sure you download the Odyssey app, get Take the North on there, so that that way you can hear all the big-name interviews and the big news from practice, and specifically this specific interview from Justin Fields that we're going to play some audio from on the other side of this. All right, What uh, What does Justin Fields want from Coach Eberflus? We'll play that for you on the other side. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I think it's just my wantingness to win. Like, I don't like losing. I think, I mean, I've said it countless amount of times. Like, last year, I didn't, I didn't like, like that feeling of losing so many games. I mean, that's the most I've ever lost in my life. So, just that. Like, I don't like losing. I'm not used to losing. Um, I never want to get used to losing. Um, so, that's one. And then, really, that's it. Like, I just don't like losing. I don't care, you know. I don't care if I'm the MVP. I don't care if I, you know, did this, went 14 for 16. Like, if we win, I'm good. If we run the play, if we run the ball, what, 40 times a game, and we win the game, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. So just that, like, I don't like losing. It's Justin Fields talking about what lights that fire, what gets him going. And uh, if you want to hear more of that interview, make sure you download the Odyssey app. And check out Take the North. It's the brand new podcast from David Haw and Dan Weederer. That episode with Justin Fields is dropping tomorrow, 8 a.m., man. So set your alarm and set the alerts so you can go ahead and do that. Two pros, man. Two pros. Not like us. We're real pros, but they're oh, yeah. different kind of pros uh, over yeah, there. Absolutely, dude. Um, I, I, he, it's funny that he referenced you know running the ball 40 times, kind of like uh, the New England Patriots did last year against the Buffalo Bills. When they were just like, "Hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do to win." And yeah. this, I, I, I mean, listen, 
You play fantasy football in your car. I play fantasy football. We want different things from the NFL, but I think ultimately players, granted they 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 they're mindful of their stats, but they genuinely just want to win. For the most part, I mean, I think guys, I, I don't know if I completely agree with that, especially players in their first four years trying to dig on that Fair. second contract. So I think that they're, but has if, they're to Super be, Bowl, if they're Super Bowl winners, yeah, then they're going to get paid no matter what. And all the glory will be yeah. there. And and I do believe what, what Justin Fields is saying. And I also feel like what he said right there, that's essential competency for a quarterback. You you have to hate to lose. I wouldn't want it any other way. So it was good to hear that. Yeah. But it's like just that that's checking off a box. Yeah. That's a, okay, you hate to okay, good. Because we wouldn't want a guy like you know, I don't know. I was just going to say, you know what I was just about to say? I was about to say Jay Cutler, but I think Jay Cutler wanted to win. It's just that he acted like he didn't care about it. Yeah. He thought he was too cool for school. Exactly. But he wanted to win for sure. Yeah. He's a competitive guy. Well, I'm surprised he didn't say, you know, bad coaching or something like that. Like, Seriously. Like, That's good, coming soon. Don't worry. Good coaching. Um, we have another clip from the Take the North podcast, and, and, and this is from the Justin Fields interview as well. And it talks about what kind of coaching – he feels he needs in order to get the best out of him. I want to be pushed hard. Um, I don't like when coaches try not try to like be easy on me, this and that, because I just not I just know that's gonna that's not gonna make me a better quarterback. Like that's not gonna make me the best quarterback I had. And I mean, I've always been like that. Like in college, I remember having a conversation with my quarterback coach my last year in college. Like I felt like he was being too easy on me. Just because, you know, coming off my sophomore year, Heisman finalist, this and that, we had a pretty good year. And then my last year there, I just felt like he was being kind of easy on me, like with the mistakes I was making. Like, I want you to like, get on my ass and probably, like, <laughs> let me know. And then, boom, that won't happen again. So um, just coach me hard. And then, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take anything personal in that aspect because, you know, we're reaching towards the same goal. We want to win games. We want to win championships. So um, just coach me hard. Um, you know, make me the best quarterback I can be. And then, you know. Um, I think, you know, just being coached hard, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's just yeah. kind of how I was growing up, you know, in the South. Like, coaches get on you, this and that. Don't whine. Just don't take it personal because, I mean, we, we both want to win at that point. Chew my ass out if I deserve it, right? And, yeah, and exactly. Tell, tell me I did exactly. something wrong. I'm going to take it like a man, move on, learn from it. It is the coach's job, Mark Grody, to figure out whether a player needs a pat on the back or a kick in the butt. And those are the two types of coaching styles that are out there for a particular player. And it's, I can see that if Justin Fields, you've been coddled your whole life in order to get the best out of you, you understand there needs to be a level of intensity. Do you yourself personally, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you need a pat on the back or a kick in the butt? Oh, wow, man. I think I'm more of a, a, I think you're a pat on the back. back. You look emotional. You look like like somebody (laughs) yells at you, yells at you, and you'd be like, damn it. It might like stick with you all day. Damn it, man. He told me to do this. That's a deep question. And I would have to say that my answer is yeah. Yeah. I am, yeah. It's got to be like, hey, Grody, hey, hey, Grody, man. Great great job today. Great job today. Love the clips. Love everything you did. I'm breakable. Maybe next time we can, you know, kind of. A little (laughs) fragile. (laughs) Yeah. Studs, Studs, what about you? Pat on the back or kick kick in the butt? You know, I'm actually, I'm fine you with both. You need a kick in the butt is I'm, what you need. I'm fine need. with both. Stunt I know so, you. Yeah, well, like, don't yell at me. <laughs> so, well, it's actually funny you, you, you bring that up because I had my football coach in high school, I think after my sophomore, I can't remember if it was after my freshman or sophomore year, he, uh, he always had, you know, uh, postseason meetings with everyone individually. And one of the things he told me he wanted to work on one off season was taking criticism. He's like, you see, you get really down when, yeah. we, when you, when we criticize you, he's like, I want you to realize that when we get on you, we're trying to help you be better and to not like, and just so just work on it. And I did. And so ever since then I've been 
okay. like a little more open to criticism and like realizing that if you're getting on me for whatever reason, yeah. you're trying to help me. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you're yelling at me because I screwed up, which you know it happens. Okay. But yeah, so, so you were, I, I you, think you like were a, you were yeah. a pat on the back guy. Yeah, I would say and so. And then you've learned how to take, yeah. to be a kick in the butt. Yes. to accept a kick in the yes. butt. Yes, I get that. that Jay, makes sense to me. what about you? You know, I think if you if you give me I the, think you wait. Let me guess. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think if somebody was kicking you in the butt, you'd talk back. No, I'm no? very I'm, I'm very coachable. You are? Okay. Basketball, no, football, I, lane tech. Okay. Very coachable. Tell okay. me what to do, and I'll do exactly what you need. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, right. I'm that. But I also don't mind a pat on the back. Like, if you want to, you know, tell me I'm doing a good job and yeah. doing it in a different way. But I think the, the way to get the best out of me is definitely a kick in the butt. Like, give me some fire. Show me that you care. Show me that you want you want me to be out here. Tell me exactly. You dropped the ball. You you idiot. You, yeah. you got to go this way. Okay. Coach, never happened again. Yeah. It'll never happen People again. People wouldn't believe it, but I've gotten in shouting matches with bosses in this building. So I know that's hard to believe. That's but very it's, hard to believe. It's, it's happened. It's it's occurred. I, I think Luke Getze, when he's hearing that Justin Fields somebody is rubbing his hands <laughs> together like, oh, you want to be coached, do you? Oh, just wait. Oh, oh just you wait till that first interception. <laughs> yeah, you want that tough love, huh? <laughs> it's, gonna, it's coming right around I, the corner for I, you. I got that tough love. Oh, man. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season yeah. to see those two arguing on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Some people that are two people that have been arguing during this offseason has been Ryan Poles and Roquan Smith. And we're going to get an opportunity to hear some audio from Roquan on the other side. How does he feel about the team and this upcoming season without this brand new contract? We'll find out after this. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.